Good morning. Again, my name is Andrew Crosby. I'm the missions minister here at the church. This is the second week of our Grow Up series. Last week, Taylor challenged us to be the body of Christ, to not see this as a country club where we come and pay our dues and our members, but to see this as a body that we serve in, that we belong to, that we're a part of, that if we're missing, something is missing from our body and something's hurting. Today, we're going to look at service. Uh, but before we do, I want you to look at this picture of my daughter Lucy on the screen. All right. Look at that girl. So this was yesterday before her first soccer game. She's five years old, just, just starting soccer, and uh, she was really excited before the game. And then, I don't know if you went outside yesterday, but it was miserable. And so about halfway through, we were approaching tears, but all in all, it was a fun day. But this is my daughter, Lucy. She's beautiful, she's kind, she's caring, she's funny, and she's so much fun to be around. Okay, so everybody knows I love Lucy now, right? Okay, good. So when Lucy was about 18 months old, um, she and uh, Ruby went to the ELC here. And one day after work, I was taking them home and uh, I was like, something is wrong. I, I can't handle this anymore. And so I got on the phone and I called my wife, Allie, who's a nurse, and I said, this, this is a problem. This is a medical condition. We have to get this checked out. And she's like, what's going on? And I was like, Lucy's feet are smelling up this entire car. <laughs> Tiny, beautiful, 18-month-old Lucy had feet that smelled like a junior high boy's locker room. <laughs> it was terrible. It was a medical condition. And today we're talking about foot washing. And if anyone needed a holy foot washing, it was Lucy. I asked her yesterday or Thursday maybe if I could tell this story about her and she said sure and then later that night when I was laying on the couch she came up to me and stuck her feet right in my face. <laughs> so I'm taking advantage now before she's older and embarrassed by this and just just to, to get some good stories in on Lucy. I love her. Um, we're going to be in John 13 today looking at the story of Jesus washing the disciples feet. Let's read this now. John 13 1 through 17. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has been bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is com completely clean. And you were clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. 
If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Let's pray now. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help us as we approach this text to see the example you're set, to let it take root in our hearts, and to trust you that your way is best. Help us not to hold on to our own way, but help us be changed by your words and by your call to do what you have done and to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so there are three points I want to make today. Serving changes our expectations. Serving changes our attitudes. And serving changes our lives. So serving changes our expectations. In John 13, we see kind of a shift in Jesus' ministry. Before this point, Jesus had been ministering to the others, to the outsiders, to the crowds. He'd been healing and teaching and feeding. He'd been going from city to city, town to town. But now in chapter 13, he realizes that his time on earth is coming to a close. And so he focuses in on those closest to him. He's looking at his, at his disciples, and he wants to make sure that they know what their mission is. He wants to make sure that once he's gone, they're going to continue the work of the kingdom of God. So he feels that urgency, and he wants to communicate with them whatever he can to make sure they know who they are, and they know what they're called to do once he's gone. He's loved his disciples through this, and he's loving them to the end. He doesn't want to leave them without expectations that are clear. So here, Jesus changes our expectations about who serves. He shifts his role here from dinner host to servant. He gives up the most important place at the table to become the one who wouldn't even be invited to the dinner, the servant. It's a deliberate and symbolic act. He takes off his robe. He ties a towel around his waist. He fills the basin with water. And he begins to slowly, deliberately, with care and concern, wash his disciples' feet. He's taking the role of a servant. As he washes the feet, one by one, he's going around the table. I don't think he's rushing through it to get this task done, to complete the service. I think he's showing care, concern, love with each one he's washing. He knows what's about to happen in his life. And he wants to communicate that love in a practical way. Can you imagine the thoughts that are swirling around the disciples' minds? What is happening right now? Why is Jesus serving us? Why is he humiliating himself in this way? Why is he becoming a servant of all people? This is Jesus, our Lord. Why is he doing this? See, this act of service kind of sums up the whole of Jesus' life and ministry. It points us back to his birth, right? Where he gives up his place and position in heaven to lower himself to become a helpless child born in a manger. It also points us forward toward his crucifixion, where once again, he's going to lower himself. In humility, he's going to become the servant to all on the cross. This is summed up beautifully in Philippians 2. I want to read some of those verses. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, 
but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So we see here, this is pointing us to what Jesus did. Jesus emptied himself, lowered himself, took on the humility of a servant for us. He loved us in every part of his life and every action. I don't want us to miss here the point that Judas is present for all of this. Even though Jesus knows what's going on in Judas's heart, even though he knows the betrayal that's coming, he lovingly serves Judas. Jesus washes the feet of Judas, the feet that have followed him from town to town, the feet that trembled when they thought their boat was going to sink in the storm, the feet that were present when Lazarus was raised from the, the dead, the feet that would lead soldiers to the garden, the feet that would walk away in shame. Jesus washes those feet. You see, this changes our expectations also about who is served, who we should serve, who's worthy of our service. We serve all. We don't serve depending on what we can get back in return. We don't serve based on what people are going to think of us. We serve because Christ has served and calls us to follow him in that service. It's hard to serve with this kind of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if lives are going to be changed in our service. We hope that that money that we give really does go to buy food and changes a life. We hope that when we drive people from job interview to job interview, that this is gonna give them a step forward in the future. But we don't know. We serve with uncertainty. We wanna know that our time isn't wasted. But here's the truth. No act of service done in love is ever wasted. We serve because Jesus served us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even if the life we serve is not changed immediately, our life is changed in Christ. Serving also changes our attitudes. So you see, Jesus is making his way around the table, slowly, deliberately, not rushing through it. He wants to be present with his disciples there. And then he gets to Peter. Aren't you thankful for Peter? I feel like Peter is kind of a stand-in for all of us, for the questions, the doubts, the misunderstandings we have about Jesus, and he's never afraid to say exactly what pops into his head. And so we get these insights into what's going on with the disciples. So he gets to Peter, and Peter just can't handle it. He says, you're never going to wash my feet. What's going on behind that statement? What, what is Peter feeling? I, th I think part of it is he still is confused about the kind of leader Jesus is. He expects Jesus to be this high leader, never to lower himself in this, this way of service. But I think also there's a good bit of pride that's rooted deep in Peter's heart. Peter is strong. He's able. He's self-sufficient. He doesn't need anyone, especially Jesus, washing his feet. Can you identify with that? But Jesus isn't going to leave us there. He's not going to leave Peter there in his pride. He's not going to leave us there in our pride. He pushes through and says, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. And then we get more of Peter being Peter. He says, you know, if, if letting you wash my feet allows me to belong to you, 
then go ahead and wash my hands, my head. Give me the works. I want it all. And Jesus assures him, he's like, you're fine with just your feet. Uh, And today we got to participate in baptism. We got to see Peyton show us this picture of what new life in Christ looks like. She wasn't holding on to her pride. She's surrendering a lot in that moment. She's saying, I belong to Jesus. The way of Jesus is the way I'm going to live my life. I'm going to follow Jesus, even in obedience of baptism. I'm going to give up and let Jesus wash me and clean, clean me. Thank you for allowing us to participate in that, Peyton. I want us to look at the physical dynamics of what are happening in this foot washing. Can we pop up that uh, picture? All right, so this is a painting done by Ford Maddox Brown in the 1850s, and it is uh, Jesus washing Peter's feet here. So look at the physical dynamics here. Look at the power dynamics that are going on. Jesus has physically lowered himself below his disciples. He's no longer in a position to command things or demand things. He's humble there, below his disciples. At the same time, do you see the vulnerability in Peter? to allow someone else to take your dirty feet and wash them. If you've ever participated in a foot washing service, you know what this feels like, right? It is, it's a little strange, it's a little uncomfortable. It's costing both of these people something. For some of us, we have to lower ourselves to become humble and be willing to serve. For others, we have to let go of our pride and say, I can't do it on my own. I need others, I need Jesus. And that's what this picture is. It's Jesus saying, we need each other. We are the body. Something beautiful happens. We recognize that need for each other. We both lose something. We both give something up, but we gain something in return. We're finding our life in Jesus through this. I think this could be key for us changing our attitudes. I I don't know if you've noticed, and, and I'm sure you haven't participated, but our social and political climate right now feels pretty hostile, right? I feel like most of us are just waiting for someone we disagree with to say something wrong so that we can write that person off. We can cut them out of our lives. We can be done with it. If you go on Facebook, um, I'm sure none of you do. None of you argue with people on Facebook. But sometimes I admit I, I do that just to see how riled up I can get by looking at the things people are posting, people are sharing. We're, we're a divided people. But I feel like this approach is not healthy. We can't keep interacting with each other as enemies. So what if we take the posture of Jesus instead? What if we lower ourselves? How many of you have ever been changed by someone yelling at you? It doesn't happen. I can't remember the last time that I saw someone yell something strange or post a funny meme and be like, oh yeah, that's a really great point. I've completely changed my mind now. But I have changed my mind when I enter into relationship with someone. When I say, I need this person. I'm going to hear your story. You're going to hear my story. I'm going to show care and concern for you. What if we approach others with the humility of one who serves? It's really hard to yell at someone when they're holding your dirty feet in their hands. And it's really hard for us to be angry and bitter when we're down on our knees serving with the love of Christ. Teddy Roosevelt said, Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. What if we take that attitude? What if we approach our relationships with this care and concern for the other? What if instead of looking to write someone off, we look at how we can bring them in? 
how we can show humility to the other person in a way that shows God's love for us and for them? What if we see them as image bearers of God? Serving also changes our lives. After washing their feet, Jesus puts his robe back on and he returns to his place at the table. He says, do you know what I've done for you? And I really wish we had a good Peter quote right here. I wish we, we knew, you know, if, if it's starting to click, what they're getting here. But we don't. We, we skip over that. And Jesus says, he's given them a living parable. They are part of an object lesson. They've just participated in this, showing the necessity for a follower of Jesus to give up their own will and to submit to the Lord's way. Jesus wants to drive this point home. He knows it has to take root in their hearts before he leaves. If the kingdom of God, if, if his message is going to continue to spread, it's going to be through love and service. He says to them then, you call me teacher and Lord, and that's true. I'm both of those things. So if I, as your teacher and Lord, am willing to humble myself, if I'm willing to lay myself down, are you any better than that? If you follow me, your life will look like mine. You're also going to lay yourself down. You're also going to humble yourself. You're also going to wash feet and you're going to serve. But here's the issue. Can we get that quote up? We would gladly wash the feet of our divine Lord, but he disconcertingly insists on washing ours and bids us wash our neighbor's feet. William Temple was an uh, Anglican uh, priest, and I think this, this gets it, right? We can see ourselves serving Jesus. We can see ourselves lowering ourselves to serve Christ. We know how that relationship works. But to have Christ lower himself to serve us, that makes us uncomfortable. And then for him to call us and say, you're also going to keep serving your neighbor's feet. You're going to wash your neighbor's feet. You're going to serve those around you. You're no better than those around you. What about when someone else wants to serve us? Is that comfortable? Are you willing to be served? To let go of your own self-sufficiency? And then beyond that, Jesus insists that to follow him, we're going to spend our time washing feet. If you think this kind of service is beneath you, you've missed Jesus. And if you don't think that you need to be washed by Jesus, you have no part of him. We just celebrated the 10th anniversary of Care Effect a few weeks ago. And Care Effect is what we call our local missions. It's how we go into the city each week to serve the hungry, the homeless, the needy, the lonely. So we, we have about 80 people in our church every week who go out through the Care Effect. And as I was reflecting on 10 years, I was thinking a lot about how it's changed our church. I think our church is different because we've served together. I think our city's different because we've served together. And then individually, I think we've been changed through this service. So as I reflected on that, I also asked people who came to the Care Effect dinner to write down some of the, thing, the ways that they've been changed through serving in Care Effect. How has Care Effect changed you? How has serving changed you? Here are a few of the responses that stood out to me. I've learned to love this city and its people in a more Christ-like way, seeing the good and the bad and offering love, the love that comes through the gospel. It has helped me see others as created in the image of God. You see that distance? When we take that distance down, we can see people for who they are. We see that they bear the image of God. It's easy for us to hate people from a distance, to be mad at people from a distance. But when you get close to them, when you know them, when they serve you or you serve them, it takes those, ba those boundaries away. We see each other 
as children of God together. It showed me that through the transformation of Jesus, there's no limit to how far your heart can be stretched. When we serve, we're growing. Christ is molding us. We're growing up. Service is a key component of following Jesus. And to identify with Jesus is to serve, and we're changed through that service. And then this one I think is my favorite. It helped me get comfortable being uncomfortable. It showed me no matter what age I am, I can impact someone's life. It helped me get comfortable being uncomfortable. We see the discomfort in this passage. Peter is, is the loudest about it, but I imagine the other disciples were uncomfortable too. And these are the people who spent their lives with Jesus. It's uncomfortable for us to serve and to be served, but this is where we find ourselves. Jesus pushes on. Jesus will not leave us stuck in our own comfort. Jesus is always calling us deeper, deeper into the life of trust and of service. We're going to pray now, and uh, the band can come on up, but I want us to stand together for prayer, and I want us to take a posture of open hands. So stand up with me. As a church, we need to be open to what God is doing in us and through us, and as individuals, we need to be open to what God is doing in us and through us. Change is hard, but God is moving us and growing us through change. So take this posture now as we pray. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. We come to you as individuals and as the body saying we want you to move in us and we want you to move through us. Make us the church you want us to be. Lead us into the city to serve our neighbors with your love. Help us as individuals to be open to what you're doing in us. Thank you for moving and not leaving us where we are. God, change our lives. Help us to trust you, to depend on you, and to follow you in your life of humble service. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.